0: I'll be reading uh, several verses from Nehemiah chapter 8, beginning at verse 1, and reading uh, a selection of verses through to verse 8. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 1. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, before the men and the women and those that could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Verse 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Verse 8, So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense, and caused them to understand the reading. You may be seated.
1: For those who attend Weavertown regularly, you are perhaps aware that uh, I have uh, chosen to speak a series of uh, sermons to teach on spiritual disciplines. And today I'd like to... um, Focus specifically on Bible reading, and much more generally on reading uh, in general. First Timothy chapter four verse thirteen, Paul instructs Timothy to give attention to reading. Now, as Christians, we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. It is the, the message, the word of God to us. And it's pivotal, pivotal and important. It's critical that we as believers are familiar with that word, right? That we read it, that we study it, that we meditate on it, and that we spend time knowing the Bible and loving the Bible, and teaching and preaching, explaining the Bible to people around us. We live in a time where it seems we are increasingly becoming, or reverting, I should say, to an oral culture. What I mean by that is before the printing press was invented in the 1440s, almost every culture was pretty much oral. There were people who taught and who read and everyone else listened. When the printing press was invented it radically changed society and cultures of all time and today like I suggested we are perhaps uh, becoming more oral where we listen to things and read increasingly less and fewer things. I don't necessarily have a huge problem with that entirely, but I give that as something to think about, uh, especially as it comes to studying the Bible. I, I'm a, I hugely prefer having an actual Bible to read as compared to reading off of my phone or some electronic device. I have a couple of reasons for that, which I'm just going to give. And again, I read off of my phone sometimes. I'm not saying there's something wrong with that necessarily. For for me, my phone is used for all kinds of things. And for me to read scripture on that, especially in my private time or in my alone time, I think creates a, a casualness to scriptures. I think, for me, when I open this book, this Bible, or a Bible, it conditions my mind for something that's, I think, for me, better than some electronic version. And I give credibility to um, electronic uh, devices teaching us and... I listen to scripture frequently, and I listen to the Bible electronically. But my first choice, I think, is, and I'd like to challenge you today, to read. Read, read, read the Bible. The physical pages of the book. did you know that the word disciple means learner? And as a disciple of Christ, you and I are called to learn about Christ and to learn to know Christ. And learning requires effort. Learning requires discipline, where you channel your schedule and time into the thing that you're learning about. It takes time and it's usually work, especially to learn something important and valuable. It seems like the more important something is, the more time, the more effort it takes. So my challenge for us today, my goal for this sermon is to challenge us to read the scriptures, number one, but aside from that, to, to learn to read and to enjoy reading. And uh, I want to talk about that at least at the beginning of this sermon today. And I want to encourage us to learn good study methods as we do that. Now we have all heard for many years and for many decades, our parents have taught us that reading is beneficial. Our school teachers have invested lots of time to try to encourage us and to teach us to read. I think it's relatively well documented that people who struggle to read tend to have limitations in other areas. Of life, People who are illiterate or cannot read well tend to struggle, perhaps even significantly, in other areas. Reading is critical. Why is that? Why is reading critical? I have listed about eight or nine things here on why it's important to read. Why you should pick up a book and read it. First of all, it's the mental stimulation that we get from reading. Reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body. Your brain requires exercise. And in order to keep your brain sharp, reading, putting words into your brain, is one of the easiest ways to enhance connectivity in your brain. From one area, one side of your brain to the other side or other from various portions of your brain functions of your brain are connected and enhanced when you read reading requires you to use memory muscle of your brain it it creates long-term strength in your brain when you read A decline in memory and brain function is a side effect of aging. We know that, especially those of you who are older, we all know that. As we get older, our brain tends to be less sharp. But it's been fairly well documented in studies that regular reading helps to slow the process. In fact, people who have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia have been known to slow the progress of the disease by reading. Reading. Simply by reading. Exercising your brain is mentally challenging and it can lead to a slower rate of decline in memory. Stress relief. When you, read, when you read a book, you naturally tend to focus on the plot or the characters of the book. And the distractions that we face today in the literary world, and I would submit to you, especially when we read in electronic form, there is lots of distractions that connect themselves to that. And it keeps us from having that distance or creating that distance from the stress of everyday life. Reading tends to put our mind and body at ease. And sometimes it's easier to fall asleep when a person chooses to read. And I realize that there needs to be um, probably selectivity here. If you pick up a page-turner at bedtime, you might read till you're finished at 2, two o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock, whatever. Maybe you'll read all night if it's, if it's a particularly compelling book. But if you pick a book that is softer than what I described, it, tends to separate you from the stresses or the things that you're thinking about that are keeping you from sleeping and can put you in a condition where sleep becomes easier. Electronic devices, on the other hand, have constant, are constantly sig- signaling us through the lighting and through the changing screens and things, signal that it's time to wake up. It actually does the opposite of what physically reading Uh, a book brings to our mind. We should read for education. Education as we know, those of you who are studying for whatever reason, especially college, you know that education is not cheap. Seminars, classes, education software of whatever kind are just a few ways that you pay money, sometimes big bucks, to learn things, but reading books is relatively cheap, is relatively inexpensive. You can get a huge variety of books at the library for free. You can buy books for much, much cheaper than taking the courses. Reading teaches, can teach you history. It can teach you politics. Reading can teach you customs and traditions, and can teach you economics. It can teach you basic facts of whatever kind you're pursuing, and often these facts are given in the context of a story. I particularly enjoy historical fiction, and while I need to keep in mind that it is fiction, history given in the context of story tends to stick because it is in story form. It makes history easier to remember. Reading about your specific field or set of interests improves your success in that particular field. And if you want to succeed in a particular field, one of the easiest, one of the, one of the best ways to do that is to read lots on that particular subject. You gain factual knowledge from exploring other people's experiences and their mistakes and their experiments and their successes. Reading books about cultures and different cultures provides knowledge of those cultures. And if you're a person who enjoys traveling or is involved in, yeah, some sort of travel, reading is a great way to prepare yourself for what you will face when you are in that particular different culture. Reading also strengthens our worldview and our convictions. When you read a book with a compatible worldview, for example, it reinforces our convictions. When you are hoping to find answers to some question that you're facing, and you pick up a book, it can tremendously strengthen your convictions. If you pick up a book that has a different worldview, it can actually cause you to expand your worldview and um, can also have a way of strengthening your convictions, your, your worldview. Reading increases empathy. This is my favorite on this particular um, list. I actually uh, was able to do a little bit of time and spending, spending time and studying this. I don't have time to give all of what I found, but there is a clear, distinct connection between reading well and being able to empathize with others. There are many studies that would, would show that people who have particularly hard time relating well to others are also people who read little or none. Reading has a tendency to increase empathy, to be able to put yourself in the shoes or in the situation of the writer. And when you read and put yourself in that position, it trains your mind toward understanding and being able to understand relationally, to be empathetic. Reading helps you detect patterns. Reading helps you to solve problems. It trains your mind to assimilate new information and to use that in areas like relational, uh, and relational ways. Reading is known to increase concentration. Now in today's world, like I described earlier, our concentration and attention spans are increasingly lowered and i think reading is a way maybe especially for younger people to discipline yourself to read a book and it it intentionally and specifically helps to lengthen your attention span as opposed to looking at a screen and scrolling rapidly and scanning a web page for example takes much less com- concentration than finding a spot in a book Or paging through a book and finding some spot that was uh, important to you. And I think it's good to be intentional about this. I'm not so much saying that the tendency toward attention span is wrong. I use computers all the time. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that reading is a way to intentionally stretch that attention span and that ability to concentrate. Reading expands vocabulary. the more you read, the more words you 're exposed to, and you see words given in a context, and it helps you understand how to use that word. It, it allows you it gives you the ability to to assume definitions of words based on how it 's used in the context. Reading increases your vocabulary it increases your knowledge of how to correctly use words. it helps you to articulate what you 're saying when you 're speaking publicly or to a person sitting beside you when you're visiting. You are able to articulate what you're saying and what you're thinking in ways that are better and more efficient, that are healthier. The knowledge you gain from reading helps you in your communication with others, whether that's one-on-one or in, um, in larger ways. I enjoy talking to people, and it's especially fascinating to me, little children, for example, little children who read a lot. Have you ever engaged those people in conversation and been fascinating on how they string words together and how they use big words and adult language? It comes as a result of the amount of reading they do and the books that they read, right? They use these fancy words that are cute, especially coming from a young person. They learn those because they read. And it's the same way in, for an adult. Reading is contagious. And one of the reasons we should read is to inspire others. Did you know that you can help others? by reading lots yourself. By being an avid reader, it allows you, it puts you in a position to be able to help others. Whether it's becoming better and smarter at the service that you provide in work or whatever situation, reading inspires you. And reading a good book is like being around an inspiring person. When you read an inspiring book, it motivates you, it inspires you, it teaches you something, and when you have that in your mind, you unconsciously and subconsciously pass that to other people. One of the keenest and best ways to do this is if you're a parent, especially a parent of children, young children, teenage children, I would say at least up until teenage years, maybe even early teenage years. One of the ways that you can inspire your children better and easier than perhaps any other way is reading to them as a parent, reading out loud to them, reading books that, that are mutually enjoyed, stories of all kinds. You can, you can expand a lot in this area. Reading to your children is perhaps one of the best ways to bond with them. And there are lots and lots of testimonies to to back up what I just said. If you want to have a strong emotional relational bond with your children, read to them out loud. And when you read to your children, it inspires them to become avid readers themselves. why read the Bible the key verse for our text today is 1st Thessalonians I'm sorry 2nd Timothy if I can say this correctly 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 13 says till I come give attendance to reading to reading. Give attendance to reading. And I think it is very interesting that Paul instructs Timothy, a young aspiring leader, in this way. He instructs him to read. And he follows that up, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, which is preaching, talking, and to doctrine, which is teaching. And I find it fascinating and perhaps significant, perhaps I'm making the Bible work on all fours. At that expense, I'm gonna say that I think it's significant that Paul tells Timothy that in order to be good at preaching and teaching, reading, being an avid reader, precedes that. Reading is tremendous and necessary preparation. If you're a preacher, a teacher, you need to be able to receive, to to study, learn how to study, learn how to assimilate what what you read, and then transfer that to the person. And the best and most able teachers and preachers are the people that are especially good at that little step, to be able to process what they receive and then transmit that. And that's what Timothy is being instructed here. Paul says, give attention to reading first. Give attention to reading, and when you do that, you are able to communicate through preaching and teaching. <clears throat> so why read the Bible? Well, I think, it, I think God says that we should. And I don't have nearly enough of time to do this, but it is a fascinating study To look at what the Bible says about itself. To look at what the Bible says about the Bible. To look at what the Word of God says about the Word of God. And there are verses galore in the Old and New Testament that give us instruction about the value of reading God's Word. Of assimilating it into our lives. There's a whole bunch of commands to to Israel in the Old Testament about reciting and remembering God's word on a daily or very regular basis. The New Testament pretty much picks up on that same thing and thinks that it's a pretty good idea too to read and to read God's word. So God says that we should, but why does he say it? Why does God want us to read the Bible? For a start, I think the Bible instructs us, t- talking about itself, it says that reading the Bible is useful. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration. It is God-breathed, and it is useful for all kinds of situations, so that the man of God, the person of God, can be equipped, thoroughly equipped for all kinds of things. That's the purpose. That's why we read the Bible is because it equips us for ways of serving other people, being involved in the lives of other people. Reading the Bible has a purpose. It teaches us what's right and it corrects us when we're wrong. It trains our behavior, trains our character. I'm going to expand on this a little bit later on. And it tells us, it shows us how that we can be the people that God intends for us to be. Beyond that, we also read the Bible because it is a weapon against the enemy. And these are some familiar verses. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 17 talks about putting on the whole armor of God so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. And one of these weapons is the word of God. And when we assimilate that into our lives, it gives us tremendous offensive and credibility against the enemy and the tactics of the devil. Psalm 119, verse 9. I'm sorry, Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick, alive. It is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By giving heed to the word. By assimilating into his life. It's one of the strongest weapons against Satan that we have. When Jesus was tempted... Three times in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. He said, it's written, it's written, it is written, he said. And he used the word of God as a weapon against Satan's strong and pointed teaching. Uh, the temptation. And there's many more scriptures that I could turn to or have you see. The Bible also teaches encouragement. Encouragement. The Bible gives us encouragement, it gives us endurance, and it gives hope. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says this very specifically, and I read from the NIV, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. The Bible is given so that we, it's a way for us to be taught, to teach us, so that through endurance, patience is the word that's used in some other translations, That the endurance that's taught in the scriptures gives us courage and it gives us hope. And how many times have we been able to do that? When we're in a situation, we turn to the Bible and we read the stories of the Old Testament saints, we read the stories, we study the, the, the testimony of Paul in our Sunday school lesson today. And it gives us courage, it gives us hope, it instructs us, it teaches us how we can respond in a similar situation. Perhaps even in a completely different situation. We're instructed and taught how to persevere. And it gives us encouragement encourage, and and hope but there's a real issue that I want to get here get to here and so if the Bible is useful and it's foundational and if it is indeed our source of encouragement and hope why do we find it so hard to read why is it so easy for us to go a whole day, to go a whole week without reading. And as I studied, I'm, I'm convicted about that very thing. Why is it so easy for me to not read the Bible? How is it that we have people perhaps even sitting here today who have not opened your Bible since last Sunday? And it's just as clear as could be. The Bible is, is our source. It is our roadmap. It gives us what we need to live the Christian life. Well, sometimes it's because there's something going on in our lives that hinders that. And it, the Bible also talks about that. There are reasons why we think the Bible is boring, there are reasons why. We tend not to go to the Bible. Instead we go to the news or whatever thing that becomes that idolatry for us. Instead of going to the Bible, we go to something else. Maybe it's because we don't have a plan. And I'm gonna spend just a, a few minutes here talking about this. I have been able to to enjoy reading a plan. In fact it works it's almost the only way that it really works for me, I'm saying. And perhaps that's part of the reason we don't do so well is because there's no plan in place. We just kind of open our Bibles and wherever it falls to. That's a haphazard and usually a very unsuccessful way to read Scripture. For, for example, BibleGateway.com is a familiar, easy to access. And on the sidebar there, there's a, a specific tab that you can click and you can they, they, they offer probably 10 or 12 ways of reading the Bible on a plan. And you can actually customize that and go beyond that and create your own plan. And there, there really is not an excuse not to have a plan. If you spend any time on your smartphone, any time at all on your PC, whatever device you use, you're familiar, you can easily navigate how to make a plan. It's not difficult. I've used some of these plans, such as reading the Bible through in a chronological way or or reading it through in order that it was written. You can read as little per day as you want or as much per day as you want. You can focus on reading a book of the Bible over and over and over. Uh, for instance, when I was reading, preaching through the book of James some time ago, I read the book of James quite often. Uh, I have found uh, it for myself, I have found it a blessing to pick a chapter and read that, pass, that chapter maybe almost every day or lots and lots of times. I've done that with Psalm 101, Psalm 15. and and other passages. I I have found myself being able to to go back and read and reread and memorize a passage of scripture. I've found that helpful. Whatever it is, develop a plan, whether it's a lot or a little. Have a plan. And don't beat yourself up if you miss a day You can actually make plans on Bible Gateway where you build spaces in where you have days, catch-up days, if you want to use that. You can do all kinds of things like that. But it's more important that you just read. For instance, if you have a yearly Bible and you try to to read through the Bible in a year, don't beat yourself up if you get to December and you still have a large portion of the Bible left. Just keep reading. Just keep, just keep paging through. Keep reading. I have found it a good way to read through the Bible over and over. I have done that numerous times, not nearly every year. I think the fastest that I ever read through the Bible was in about uh, four months. And uh, that takes a chunk of time. Uh, I, I will say that. But the average reader, the average reader can read the Bible in about 70 hours. That's 15 minutes a day. If you're an average reader, you should be able to read the Bible through in a year by taking 15, maybe 20 minutes a day in reading. And that's, that's half the time that many of us spend looking at the news or playing some little game or looking at last night's sports scores or whatever. And 15 minutes a day, you should be able to read the entire Bible through if you are an average reader. Maybe sometimes we don't read the Bible because we are reading it wrong. Our, our thoughts about the Bible are flawed. And that's a possibility. Our approach and our expectations are flawed. Because we have a wrong understanding of the Bible itself. I think one of the problems is that we forget that the Bible, first and foremost, is a story. It is an autobiography of Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation. It's the story of Jesus Christ. It is the autobiography of God intercepting the human race. Redeeming us from what was impending destruction and providing a way for us not to be destroyed and when you think about the Bible in that way all of the little episodes all of the little incidents and stories that comprise or compile the Bible points to that one theme of how Jesus redeemed us and it's important for us to read the Bible with that in mind it's the story about God and his people and it's made up in a compilation of lots of little stories that also uh, enhance that from different areas different authors each of them contributes to the grand narrative the story that stretches from Eden the Garden of Eden to the Garden of the New Jerusalem Genesis to Revelation I want to talk about briefly how not to read the Bible I think it's important for us to not think of the Bible as a rule book. Although it is that to some extent, it is important for us not to think of the Bible as a book of rules. That it, while it contains rules to follow, it is never intended primarily to be a rule book. To bring judgment or condemnation to people that don't um, follow the letter, the jot, and the tittle. It is a way for us to have a wrong view of scripture. We should never think of the Bible as a collection of calendar quotes. And what I mean by this is simply our tendency as human beings to cherry pick certain scriptures or parts of certain scriptures. And we use certain quotes and certain ways of of consoling ourselves Where we use a scripture, a part of a scripture, out of context to affirm the decision that we have already made in our minds. It's a tendency for us to do that. Sure, it it sort of tastes good. It feels good at at the time. But if that's how we go about consuming scripture, we're going to end up with an incomplete concept of God. The third thing, we should never see the Bible as a puzzle or as a riddle to be solved. I think it is a dangerous way of approaching or having this understanding of the Bible takes us in wrong directions. Where we think that we can only understand the Bible if we are able to solve the riddle or the puzzle that it is. I'm just going to move on. I'm running out of time here. The Bible speaks to us in lots of different ways. We have various genres of Scripture. It talks to us through poetry. It talks to us through Jewish symbolism. It talks about beasts and numbers and, and colors and those kinds of things that are especially familiar to Jewish people. It talks about the actions of the prophets. And it talks about the earthy parables of Jesus, which coincidentally are often agriculture or farming in nature. The parables of Jesus are often have to do with, with, uh, with agriculture, horticulture, that sort of thing. And of course, the Bible speaks to us directly about the story of Jesus becoming one with us, becoming one of us, and intercepting or interrupting the destiny that was ours. And all of those are just incredibly important for us to understand. I have some ways that we should read the Bible. How should we read the Bible? I've listed five things. First of all, I think at its most basic level, we should read the Bible so that we know what to do. It is our God. It is a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. It, is, it teaches us, the Bible teaches us how to act and behave, and most of all, how to live. Now, this might seem like a contradiction to what I just said earlier. The Bible is not primarily a rule book, but when we assimilate it, it, influences us. It instructs us. It tells us how to live in a positive way. We should not read the Bible so that we can stay in God's good graces. Reading the Bible is never some good luck charm to bring positive and good things into our life. It is never, we should never read the Bible so that we are, feel superior to other people or to other Christians. But the stories that are part of the Bible are meant to instruct us how it was for God's people then, back then, and how it's now the same way. How that God is a faithful God. The stories, the incidents of the scripture are a revelation of God's character to us. For instance, the Ten Commandments tell us, I think more primarily, it teaches us how God thinks about certain situations then it does the Ten Commandments are not primarily given to us I think as things that we should not do but it teaches us more primarily how God feels and thinks about certain situations. James chapter 1 verse 22 says that we should be doers of the word and not hearers only we should be doers of the word we should listen to the word and do what it says as compared to deceiving ourselves the second thing here is for character development and i'm going to expand just a little bit on this at at the end it is closely linked with behavior, but I think the real reason that we read the Bible is for character development. That has much less to do with how we do it as to why we do it. We read in order to align our character with God's. We read the Bible so that the Bible becomes second nature to us. The way God thinks about things is the way that we think about things. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 11 talk about this very thing Paul talks instructs the believers and and Corinth the Corinthian believers to follow Christ as he follows Christ Hebrews talks about the great cloud of witnesses and so on character influences behavior and who you are determines what you do so instead of just reading the Bible you should be asking yourself questions as you go. What do I do in response to this verse? How do I, what should I do, what should I be in relation to what I've just read? The third thing is for goals. <clears throat> goals are not so much about right and wrong as they are about good and better, or better and best. You set goals so that you challenge yourself to do something better than other options. How will I spend my time? How will I spend my money? How will I spend my retirement? Which people group, which subculture will I become a part of? And these are life-directing decisions that all of us make. And the Bible teaches us, it causes us to set goals that Cause us and motivate us to step higher. It's not so much about right and wrong as it is about good and better. <clears throat> the fourth thing is to inform our worldview. We read the Bible to inform or to instruct our worldview, not the other way around. We read it so that we see the world the way God sees it for instance when you get to the story in second kings chapter 6 where elisha was hunted down by one of the kings there it was probably assyria or one of those kings and they had surrounded the city where he was at and elisha's servant was scared spitless and elisha prayed and said god Cause this servant of mine to see it the way you see it. And immediately the servant could see chariots of fire. That is an illustration of how God wants us to learn to see it the way he sees it. To see situations the way God sees it. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 and 19 talk about that same thing. It's why Paul prays that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened so that we could see things the way God sees them. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. The prayer again is for us to see things the way God sees it. And Revelation chapter 4, John the Revelator is invited to come up hither. And again, the reason for that is so that he could see it the way God sees it. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. The reason the word of God should dwell in us is so that we can see it the way God sees it. Why do we read the Bible? So that we can see things the way God sees them. The last thing that I want to talk about here is to read the Bible for the purpose of connection. And this is some of my own thinking. I was inspired to this by just through study. And think about it this way. Think of of your earliest childhood memory. The very earliest childhood memory. How old were you? What is the earliest childhood memory that you have? Um, I tend to have a fairly good memory, at least on some things. I, I can remember an incident in 1973, which was, I can link it to a certain time and I was less than two years old. Many people, most Perhaps a lot of people, a lot of you don't have memories that early, although some do. But think about it this way. People who look at child development say that a child's development is about, a child's brain is about 70% developed. How he thinks, how the child thinks Their personality, their characteristics, their tendencies are about 70% developed by age two. And some would go on to say that the child's development is about 80% complete at age three. So that kind of shoots this whole thing of being a parent and once the child grows up, I'll connect with him, right? But you don't remember hardly anything from that time. You are... You're going about your life relating to people, interacting with people, and you you might have zero memories from those times. Every day and every time we open the Bible... we're reminded of who God is and what he's done for us and what he is doing for us through Christ. And every time we open the Bible and read the scriptures, we're reminded of how our story is actually part of a much, much bigger, much more complex and comprehensive story. And even though we don't remember specifically what we read yesterday or last week, the fact that you read created a connection with God. And little by little by little, your Christian character is formed just by reading the words of Scripture. In the same way that a child's development is formed by the connection of their parents at the correct age at the proper age. That feeling of connection builds trust in a child. It builds confidence in a child. It develops a child's ability to learn and to process education situations. It, it completely sets a child on a course for how to relate to people, how to interpret what happens to them and around them. And in that same way, Reading scripture develops in us that, that same connection. It creates trust and affection and love. And that's why we read our Bible. Give attendance to reading. I invite you to kneel with me in prayer. <clears throat> Lord, our Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We ask and pray that you would uh, continue to remind us and develop us in us an understanding of our need of you. Continue to bring things and situations into our life that show us our inadequacy in and of ourselves. And I pray that when we are reminded of our inadequacy, that we would turn to you, that we would turn to your word. Forgive us for the times where we've turned to things that come from us or that things some idolatrous form or another that we turn to, things that that fill us momentarily or in the moment. Help us, Father, to seek and pursue things that are eternal in nature. And thank you for your word and how it speaks to us and teaches us. We pray through Christ. Amen.